The Lord has made his son to rise on the evil and the good. He maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. God does not interfere with the working of natural laws. The laws of nature are unchangeable. Otherwise, we could not depend on them. As far as natural laws are concerned, God makes no distinction between good and bad people. Sickness or death may strike anywhere. But spiritual laws are also made to be obeyed. Our choice of good or evil depends whether we go upward to true success and victory in life or downward to loss and defeat. This vast universe around us, including this wonderful earth on which we live, was once perhaps only a thought in the mind of God. The nearer the astronomers and the physicists get to the ultimate composition of all things, the nearer the universe approaches a mathematical formula, which is thought. The universe may be the thought of the great thinker, We must try to think God's thoughts after him. We must try to get guidance from the divine mind as to what his intention is for the world and what part we can have in carrying out that intention. We may consider the master material world as the clay which the artist works with. To make it something beautiful or ugly. We need not fear material things, which are neither good nor bad in the moral sense. There seems to be no active force for evil outside of human beings themselves. Humans alone can have either evil intentions, resentments, malevolence, hate and revenge, or good intentions, love and goodwill. They can make something ugly or something beautiful out of their clay of their lives. Avoid fear as you would a plague. Fear, even the smallest fear, is a hacking at the cords of fate that binds you to God. However small the frame, in time those cords will wear thin And then one disappointment or shock will make them snap. But for the little fears, the cords of fate will have hell firm. Avoid depression, which is allied to fear. Remember that all fear is disloyalty to God. It is denial of his care and protection. In this time of quiet meditation, follow the pressure of the Lord's leading in all decisions to be made today. Yield to the gentle pressure of your conscience. 
Stay or go as the pressure indicates. Take the events of today as part of God's planning and ordering. He may lead you to a right decision. Wait quietly until you have an inner urge, a leading, a feeling that a thing is right, a pressure on your will by the Spirit of God. Fear no evil, because the power of God can conquer evil. Evil has power to seriously hurt only those who do not place themselves under the protection of the higher power. This is not a question of feeling. It is an assured fact of our experience. Say to yourself with assurance that whatever it is, no evil can seriously harm you as long as you depend on the higher power. Be sure of the protection of God's grace. The Lord says, I have turned fear into a blessing. When fear comes, praise me, and I will turn it into a blessing. Praise me for the fear that you're feeling, the inadequacies. Praise me and thank me for the lack of resources. Praise me and thank me for your nervousness. Praise me and thank me for the hurts that people put on you. I will turn it into a blessing. I promise, I, the Lord, have promised to you. I got this. I got this world. I have defeated its evil forces. Relax. Give me some belly laughter. Enjoy laughter. Enjoy laughter. Laugh at your problems. Laugh at the fear. Sing songs of praise. Just sing, and I will come to you through the singing. I will come into you, and we will dispel fear. We will dispel evil. Shed peace, not discord, wherever you go. Try to be part of the cure of every situation, not part of the problem. Trying to ignore evil rather than to actively combat it. Always try to build up with praise. Never to tear down. Show others by your example that happiness comes from living the right way. The power of your example is greater than the power of what you say. A deep gratitude to the higher power for all the blessings that we have and that we don't deserve has come to us. We thank God and mean it. Then comes service to other people out of gratitude for what we have received. This entails some sacrifice of ourselves and our own affairs. But we are glad to do it. Gratitude, service, 
And then sacrifice are the steps that lead to good AA work. They open the door for a new life for us. The kingdom of heaven is also for the lowly, the sinners, the repentant ones, and they present unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Bring your gift of gold, your money and material possessions. Bring your frankincense, the consecration of your life to a worthy cause. Bring your myrrh, your sympathy and understanding and help. Lay them all at the feet of God and let him have full use of them. These meditations can teach us how to relax. We can be of service to other people in a small way, at least. And we can be happy while doing it. We should not worry too much about people we cannot help. We can thank God about them and do more by thanking God than we can by worrying. God would turn the evil into a blessing. We can make it a happy habit to leave the outcome of the things we do to the higher power through praise and thanksgiving. We become good at turning things over. Skillful, intelligently, wisely, turning it over into heaven where God can have it all completely, 100%. No delegating properly is peace, joy, freedom. We can go along through life doing the best we can, but without a feeling of urgency or strain, we have learned the value of turning things over. We can enjoy all the good things and the beauty of life depending deeply and trusting God as we turn things over. We feel it. We believe it. We expect it. Building our life on the firm foundation of the gratitude to God for all his blessings and true humility because of your unworthiness of these blessings. Build the frame of your life out of self-discipline. Never let yourself get selfish or lazy or content with yourself. Build the walls of your life out of service to others, helping them to find a way to live. Build a roof of your life out of prayer and quiet times, waiting for God's guidance from above. Build a garden around your life out of peace of mind and serenity and a sure faith. Although unseen. The Lord is always near to those who believe in Him and trust Him.
and depend on Him for the strength to meet the challenges of life. Although veiled from mortal sight, the higher power is always available to us whenever we humbly ask for it. The feeling that God is with us should not depend on any passing mood of ours. We should try to be always conscious of His power and love in the background of our lives. Working and prayer are the two forces that are gradually making a better world. Working for the betterment of ourselves and other people works speak louder than words but all work with people should be based on prayer if we say a little prayer before we speak or try to help it will make us more effective a little prayer a little strength a lot of prayer a lot of strength prayer is the force behind the work Prayer is based on faith that God is working with us and through us. We can believe that nothing is impossible in human relationships if we depend on the help of God. People falter when they seek television and not acknowledging the Lord or God's sustaining power. Being self-sufficient and seek selfish pleasure and find that it does not work too well. You're a spiritual being in starvation No matter how much material wealth you can acquire, no matter how much fame and material power, the time of disillusionment and futility usually comes. Death is waiting. Death is ahead. And they cannot take any material things with them when they go. What does it matter if I have gained the whole world but lost my own soul? A year has gone and passed. What great things did you do? What great measures did you accomplish? How many lives did you influence? Remember my servant Daniel? He says, those who turn many to righteousness are wise like the stars in the sky. They will shine forever and ever. Ask God for a star. 
Ask God that you be wise and understanding. Be a leader in turning others into righteousness, into the right path. Jesus said, if this kernel does not be planted on the earth and die, billions of other kernels will not have eternal life. I bid you do the same. Hook up with the Most High. Get high with the Most High. Act enthusiastically, and you will become enthusiastically. We have good thoughts. We have good words and good deeds. We have good words that will pick us up and take us there. The good experiences can be profited in a sense they're like planting seeds, harvesting them, planting them. The result is good works for the world to see that glorify your higher power. We can only learn by experiencing and our experience can be turned to gold, either good or bad. We thank God for our experiences. We thank God for this point in our lives. We can humbly thank God for the good things this year has brought to us and the bad things. We thank him for all of life and the breath of air and the opportunity to say, thank you, Father. Thank you for that opportunity.
God is the one who made all things, and all things are for His glory. He wanted to have many children share His glory. Hebrews 10. See how very much our Heavenly Father loves us, for He allows us to be called His children, and we really are. 1 John 3.1 You were formed for God's family. God wants a family and He created you to be part of it. This is God's second purpose for your life, which He planned before you were born. The entire Bible is the story of God building a family who will love Him, honor Him, and reign with Him forever. It says, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave Him great pleasure. Because God is love, He treasures relationships. His very nature is relational. And he identifies himself in family terms, Father, Son, and Spirit. The Trinity is God's relationship to himself. It's the perfect pattern for relational harmony, and we should study its implications. God has always existed in loving relationship to Himself, so He has never been lonely. He didn't need a family. He desired one, so He devised a plan to create us, bring us into His family, and share with us all He has. This gives God great pleasure. The Bible says, it was a happy day for him when he gave us our new lives through the truth of his word and we became, as it were, the first children in his new family. When we place our faith in Christ, God becomes our father. We become his children. Other believers become our brothers and sisters and the church becomes our spiritual family. The family of God includes all believers in the past, the present, and the future. Every human being was created by God, but not everyone is a child of God. The only way to get into God's family is by being born again into it. You become part of the human family by your first birth but you become a member of God's family by your second birth. God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. The invitation to be part of God's family is universal, but there is one condition, faith in Jesus. The Bible says, You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Your spiritual family is even more important than your physical family because it will last forever. 
Our families on earth are wonderful gifts from God, but they are temporally and fragile, often broken by divorce, distance, growing old, and inevitably death. On the other hand, our spiritual family, our relationship to other believers, will continue throughout eternity. It is a much stronger union, a more permanent bond than blood relationships. Whenever Paul would stop to consider God's eternal purpose for us together, he would break out into praise. When I think of the wisdom and scope of his plan, I fall down on my knees and pray to the Father of all the great family of God some of them already in heaven and some down here on earth. The moment you were spiritually born into God's family, you were given some outstanding birthday gifts. Ready? The family name, the family likeness, family privileges, family intimate access, and the family inheritance. It tells us, my God will meet your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. As children of God, we get to share in the family fortune. Here on earth, we are given the riches of his grace, kindness, patience, glory, wisdom, power, and mercy. But in an eternity, we will inherit even more. Paul said, I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance he has given to his people. What does that inheritance include? First, we will get to be with God forever. Second, we will be completely changed to be like Christ. Third, we will be free from all pain, death and suffering. Fourth, we will be rewarded and reassigned positions of service. Fate, we will get to share in Christ's glory. What an inheritance. Fifth, we will get to share in Christ's glory. You are far richer than you realize. The Bible says, God has reserved a priceless inheritance for His children. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. This means that your eternal inheritance is priceless, pure, permanent, and protected. No one can take it from you. It can't be destroyed by war, a poor economy, or a natural disaster. This eternal inheritance, not retirement, is what you should be looking forward to and working for. Paul says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Retirement is a short-sighted goal. You should be living in light of eternity.
Healthy families have pride. Members are not ashamed to be recognized as a part of the family. Sadly, I have met many believers who have never publicly identified themselves with their spiritual family as Jesus commanded by being baptized. Baptized is not an optional ritual to be delayed or postponed. It signifies your inclusion in God's family. It publicly announces to the world, I am not ashamed to be a part of God's family. Have you been baptized? Jesus commanded this beautiful act for all in his family. He told us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. For years I wondered why Jesus' great commission gives the same prominence to baptism as it does to the great task of evangelism and identification. Why is baptism so important? Then I realized it. It's because it symbolizes God's second purpose for your life. Participating in the fellowship of God's eternal family. Baptism is pregnant with meaning. Your baptism declares your faith, shares Christ's burial and resurrection, symbolizes your death on your old life, and announces your new life in Christ. It is also a celebration of your inclusion in God's family. Your baptism is a physical picture of a spiritual truth. It represents what happens the moment God brought you into his family. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into Christ's body by one spirit, and we all have received the same spirit. Baptism doesn't make you a member of God's family. Only faith in Christ does that. Baptism shows you are part of God's family, like a wedding ring. It is a visible reminder of an inward commitment made in your heart. It is an act of initiation, not something you put off until you are spiritually mature. The only biblical condition is that you believe. In the New Testament, people were baptized as soon as they believed. At Pentecost, 3,000 were baptized the same day they accepted Christ. (laughs) Elsewhere, an Ethiopian leader was baptized on the spot when he was converted. And Paul and Silas baptized a Philippian jailer and his family at midnight. There are no delays baptism in the New Testament. If you haven't been baptized as an expression of your faith in Christ, do so as soon as possible, as Jesus commanded. The Bible says, Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family. That is why he isn't ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Let that amazing truth sink in. 
You are part of God's family, and because Jesus makes you holy, God is proud of you. The words of Jesus are unmistakable. Jesus pointed to his disciples and said, They, these are my brothers, my mother. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Being included in God's family is the highest honor and the greatest privilege you will ever receive. Nothing else comes close. Whenever you feel unimportant, unloved, or insecure, remember to whom you belong. We who are many forms one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Following Christ includes belonging, not just believing. We are members of his body, the church. C.S. Lewis noted that the word membership is of Christian origin, but the world has emptied it of its original meaning. Stores offer discounts to members, and advertisers use member names to create mailing lists. In churches, membership is often reduced to simple adding your name to a role with no requirement or expectation. To Paul, being a member of the church meant being a vital organ of a living body, an indispensable interconnected part of the body of Christ. We need to recover and practice the biblical meanings of membership. The church is a body, not a building, an organism, not an organization. For the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose, they must be connected to your body. The same is true for you as part of Christ's body. You were created for a specific role, but you will miss the second purpose of your life if you're not attached to a living local church. You discover your role in life through your relationship with others. The Bible tells us each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body, but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? It is, if an organ is somehow severed from its body, it will shrivel and die. It cannot exist on its own, and neither can you. Disconnect and cut off from the lifeblood of the local body, your spiritual life will wither and eventually cease to exist. This is why the first symptom of spiritual decline is usually inconsistent attendance at worship service and other gatherings of believers. Whenever we become careless about fellowship, everything else, 
being to, begins to slight too. Members in the family of God is neither inconsequential nor something to be casually ignored. The church is God's agenda for the world. Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The church is indestructible and will exist for eternity. It will outlive the universe and so will your role in it. The person who says, I don't need the church, is either arrogant or ignorant. The church is so significant that Jesus died on the cross for it. Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. I can't imagine saying to Jesus, I love you, but I dislike your wife, or I accept you, but I reject your body. But we do this whenever we dismiss or demean or complain about the church. Instead, God commands us to love the church as much as Jesus does. The Bible says, love your spiritual family. Sadly, many Christians use the church but don't love it. Except for a few important instances referring to all believers throughout history, almost every time the word church is used in the biblical, it refers to a local, visible congregation. The New Testament assumes membership in a local congregation. The only Christians not members of a local fellowship were those under church discipline who have been removed from the fellowship because of gross public sin. The Bible says a Christian without a church home is like an organ without a body, a sheep without a flock, or a child without a family. It is an unnatural state. The Bible says, you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Today's culture of independence, individualism, has created many spiritual orphans, bunny believers who hop around from one church to another without any identity, accountability, or commitment. Many believe one can be a good Christian without joining or even attending a local church. But God will strongly disagree. The Bible offers many compelling reasons for being committed and active in a local fellowship. A church family identifies you as a genuine believer. I can't claim to be following Christ if I am not committed to any specific group of disciples. Jesus said, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. When we come together in love as a church family from different backgrounds, race, and social status, it is powerful witness to the world. You are not the body of Christ on your own. You need others to express that together not separate. We are his body.
Jesus. 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 I love thee, Jesus. I see all things are planned by you, Jesus. I rejoice in what I see, Jesus. What's that, Jesus? What's that, Lord? What are you saying to me? Rejoice in the fact that you are mine, child. The privileges of my children and my kingdom are many. When I said of my father, he make it his son to rise on the evil and on the good and send it rain on the just and the unjust, you will notice it was a temporal and material blessing I spoke. I can sing rain and sunshine and money and worldly blessings equally to all people. But of the blessing of the kingdom, that would be for reserved for my children that seek me like you do. My followers do not always understand this. Remember I said, don't throw your pearls before the swine. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Reserve for the glory and the honor of God. I would do for you what no man can do. I will give you my peace that no man can take it. The world cannot give it to you. I purchased it for you. It's a gift. I love you. And I'm crazy about you. You're a worthy child of mine. I got you. I got you right here. Believe my words. I have you written in the palm of my hands. Just thank me. You want to help me? Fight with worship, singing songs, with laughter, reading my word, being diligent, up early at task, Enjoy my provisions. Work hard to believe in me. Read my word. Rejoice in the fellowship. Rejoice in the harmony of the body of Christ, my body that I provided for you. I am the Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. There is no other God besides me. 
Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the world. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. He who comes to me must believe that I am and that I reward those who diligently, up early a task, seek me.